It's time to take a break from your day and let us build it in a positive way. This is Break and Build with Brad and Billy. Welcome back, everybody, to Break and Build. Obviously, I'm Brad, and right below me, if you're watching on video, and if not, you're going to hear the next person talk on audio. I am Billy. What's going on, Brad? Not much, not much. I know that we uh, we had a little couple weeks of hiatus. There's a lot going on in life right now. I'm moved to yep. a new house. I have a wedding coming up in a couple of days. So it's been a little hectic. Sorry, everybody. We had no to make. Apologies needed, we didn't man. have time wanna, to fit in. It was busy. It was busy. We want we want to thank <laughs> uh, congratulate you on your uh, big move. So Brad moved houses, and Brad's about to get married this weekend. So it's a big time. It is. It and is. Yeah, yeah. Man, we we appreciate everything he does here and all the insights he brings. This wouldn't be uh, the same podcast without Brad. So, so congratulations, t- man. Excited thank you. For you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and so today we, we want to talk a little bit about your creative side and finding your creative side, finding your groove, what you're good at, um, mm-hmm. everything like that. I know we've been on a roller coaster to find our groove, right? We've talked about it a little <laughs> bit in podcasts on like kind of different yeah. situations and kind of how we've liked things, not liked things. So let's kind of tie all those pieces together and, you know, shed some light on mm-hmm. if you're doing something and you don't like yep. it move on to the next thing, right? Like that's, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's kind of the, the overarching thing. Um, is there, is there something specific you want to start with at all on this? Yeah, I was probably going to start with talking about how, you know, in order for you to know if you like things, I have been a little bit more of like in my mind about it and Brad's a lot more go about it. And I wanted to point out that that's like, like it's okay to be in your mind sometimes like I am, but if you don't translate that to pavement and then give it a really fair shot at doing those things, you're not really going to go too many places with whatever you want because Mm -hmm. it's like, you don't actually know if you like the things. So like the number one thing about being an entrepreneur or even finding anything in your passion is you have to just try everything. Like you have to try things. You can't be scared to try. And if you try something and like, Oftentimes from the outside in, if you looked at maybe me and Brad, when we first started off, like we'd look like crazy idiots running around with our heads cut off because <laughs> we were trying so many things. It's like, well, they're not going to be successful at anything. And I don't know if we thought that that's what we were doing or not. But in, in reality, that's basically what we were doing is just like, OK, I'm really going to try this. And then, OK, that, that I, I don't really like that. You know, maybe this type of work isn't for me. And then I'm really going to try that. Right. Mm-hmm. So what was your experience like starting off of? you know, you have this, you know, obviously drive to find something that you enjoy because you realize how much time you're going to be investing in it. And I think that's one of the biggest things that holds people back is like, you know, you need money. And then it's like, you don't go all in, but knowing you as a more all in type person, how did that come about? And you know, what did, what did, what did you experience and go through that? Maybe some of the things where you're like, I don't really want that. So for me, I try Anything that I take on, I try not to think about how it's going to be successful or how it's going to fail long term. I try to say, mm-hmm. here's what the next step is and here's the next thing that has to be accomplished. Um, and I just kind of try to set my eyes on that one thing and do that to 110% of my potential. And then once you accomplish that, then you can say, here's the next thing. And then you can say, here's the next thing. But mm-hmm. while doing that, if I'm doing something 
Cause I literally put 110% into stuff. Like there's no turning back. I'm not like splitting, doing 10 different things or saying, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to try a little bit here and a little bit here. And if this one works, then I'll put my focus there. It's like, no, this is what I'm doing. And we're, you know, holding W on our keyboard. If you play video games or, <laughs> you know, gas pedal to the floor going forward until you hit that brick wall. And mm -hmm. that's, a good thing but it's also a bad thing and it's a good thing in the yeah. sense of you're very uh like self-minded towards what your goals are and what you want to accomplish but it's very bad as there's nothing doing checks and balances for you so you're going uh -huh. to do something radical you're going to do something that's going to mess up you, whether you think you're perfect or not you're not so like you're going to move so fast that you're not able to stop yourself um, mm -hmm. And that happened several times for us. And so whenever I'm doing something, trying to figure out if I like it or not, um, honestly, like the second I really don't like it, I try to just make a, you know, 90 degree turn and say, here's the direction I need to go in in order for me to like this. And honestly, it's really mm -hmm. hard. There's a lot of times where you can be doing something and you can do it for, you know, a month, two months, three months, whatever that time limit is. And then at some point, it's always going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to hit this wall and you're going to say, man, either I'm not accomplishing what I wanted to in the time frame I wanted to. I don't feel accomplished. Oh, I have other things in life now that are more important. And now this is going to get put to the side. Um, you know, or you're just going to be like, ah, oh, I'm just not having fun with it anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to come up with some excuse. And you're going to say, this is the reason why I need to stop doing this. And then you're just going to stop doing it. And then you're never going to go back to it. Mm -hmm. And if instead you say, man, really don't like this for this reason. How can I change it? Or, oh, this is taking too much of my time and for what I'm getting out for it. How do I cut that time in half? How do I get more out of it for less time? Like brainstorm yeah. on how you can do it. Have somebody else reel you in, you know, take a couple of days break from what you're doing to recalibrate, rethink, and then just refresh yourself and jump back into it. Um, Cause there, there's going to be burnout periods. There always is like for anything that you do with work or with yeah. school or anything like you're going to get burned out. So sometimes just take a step back and then say, okay, this is how I can refresh. This, this is how I can do it. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, I think you said something really powerful in there where you mentioned that you want to be doing the activity because you enjoy the activity. And then on the second point that you made of your uh, burnout potential and switch is you talked about then you may not be accomplishing the goal that you set out to accomplish. So I think that those are like good things and bad things. Like it's important to have goals and try to reach those goals. At the same time, it's like if you only are in something to achieve something, mm -hmm and you're not focused on the activity, then then that burnout that you're talking about could be it. Like, And I also think you pointed out something really important, which we'll touch on in a second. But yeah, it's like, you don't, you don't want, like, it, I, I think back, like, let's just compare it to Pokemon Go, right? Like if it's only to get uh, yeah. a shiny, a specific shiny Pokemon, and you're not focused on the actual process of what you like about Pokemon Go, like I like to go outside, right? Like I can control that. What I can't control is me getting the RNG luck every single time to get that shiny Pokemon. So if I focus on my outcomes of my shiny Pokemon, 
even though I know it'll come eventually, if you don't get it in that specific time frame during that one week event, you know, you're going to be on a, an emotional roller coaster. But if I focus on, ooh, I really like to go outside and play Pokemon. I really like just participating in raids and events like they're just fun for me. Right. Like that would be a more of a fulfilling experience because I know that I can rely on that. And another thing that we've used as an example a lot of times is content creation, like creating a YouTube channel. So then when you look at that mm -hmm. towards a YouTube channel and if you say your goal is to be YouTube famous in X amount of time, right? <laughs> and it doesn't start to happen. Yeah. You're not, you're doing it to become YouTube famous. You're not doing it because you like the content you're doing or to make a channel. Success will come if you do something for a long enough time. Like it just, it's mm -hmm. going to. So for sure. if you're only doing something to be successful, it's, in my opinion, it's kind of just a bad mindset. And we've, we've seen that in our own experiences in a lot of ways, right? Like yep. F, we've, we've gone up and down in our clothing stuff and then in the gaming stuff and in this, and we're like, Hey, we just want to do this so we can make a successful business. We never went at those from the start saying we want to do this because we like it. And we never did that from the mm -hmm. clothing. We never did that for the gaming stuff. It was like, yeah, sure. We like it, but do we love it? Is it fun to us? Is it a hobby? Is it a yeah. hobby for us? Is it something that we're passionate about? No, we think that it's a cool business that we can just make successful based on what's going on in the world around us. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, you have to have that drive and that mentality of it's something you love to do, not like to do. It's something you want to do. And if you do it long enough and you do it correctly without the burnout, it will be successful. Mm -hmm. And that's virtually staying focused on the process driven point, as opposed to then, you know, obviously, as you start doing YouTube or whatever, like goals are cool, you want to make money at, at some point, you want to do this, like, those are things that are cool. But if you're not focused on the process, like once you start seeing something successful happen, it's like we all have this shiny object, like mm -hmm. indicator in our head that's like, ooh, 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 wait, let's get away from this process driven goal. And I now want this Ferrari over here, right? It's like, right. because it just dangled a, a shiny object in front of your face and your eyes sparkle like, you know, bugs. I always picture in those cartoon movies where they're just <laughs> flying right into the light, even though like they're going to die, but yeah. they can't help it. They just do it. It's like, it's, it's in humans too. We just don't even understand it. And then, you know, we can do stuff like that for like new cars or new houses, or we can do stuff like that for whatever it is, new watches, like just random stuff. You get a, a small pay grade and all of a sudden, like you just blew your whole paycheck. Mm -hmm because somebody dangled a Rolex in front of you. Same exact concept. You just blew all your new money, right? So I think that's that's really important. And I think for the clothing though, we kind of did start like that though. And then we kind of like got, you Turned know, thinking about, though. yeah. Yeah, I think that the whole process of like us maybe not knowing how to market properly uh, at first and not knowing how to like really build, build a brand. Well, our passion, um, our passion was like cool clothes and like the design aspect, right? Yeah, exactly. Our, our passion was not figuring out how to manufacture stuff, printing ourselves, like, yeah. right. That, that would yeah. just happen to be wheels that ended up turning to a necessities of a business. Right. Right. And in reality, if we would have focused more on the design aspect and the clientele aspect and the networking aspect yeah. and just let other people do all that and not made money, it would have been way better for us. You know what I mean? Like right. we would have made money in the long run because we would have created more clients, done more networking, got bigger accounts, been more successful for a longer period of time, right? Mm -hmm. Versus, hey, here's this, here's this like up and down roller coaster that you have. Um, yeah. And then we're more focused on 
what we like to do. So you don't get the burnout. You don't get the, oh, this is so much like work. Oh, I don't want to talk yeah. to people at China at 10 p.m. and at 4 a.m. Like, I don't want to do this. And it's like, you know, you start going through like all these things. And I think that that's where we tried to go too thin in too many directions instead of saying yep. central focus on what we loved to do. And I think ultimately in that, you know, it started to become like, less like you talked about less about what we love to do and also we got away from like just producing our own stuff yeah and we started producing for other people's visions and i think that's when at least for me and <laughs> yeah yeah we experienced I, the most yeah. burnout yeah i mean i mean when it's not something that you want to do and then somebody's like hey i want this and you just look at it and you go no you don't like you don't, you don't, you don't want that. Trust yeah, that's me. like trust me. You don't that's want that. Literally, and they don't the want most... to listen to you. It's just like, oh my god, I don't know, man. Like you want, it, and you then want... you have to put your name on it behind it, right? So yeah. then anybody else that sees that out there, it's like, oh, Bonafide did that, and you're like, did we do that actually? Yeah, yeah we, we yeah. made that. You know, I think yeah. that that's that's a huge thing. And, I totally agree. And it's one thing where if you want something to be a certain way, like from a branding aspect, but when you don't know anything about merchandise we've said this before, like you hire people for certain reasons. So like if you're hiring right. somebody to do something, trust them to do it. So like that goes back to like, if you're doing something that you love, focus on what like that aspect. And then if you are working for somebody else for whatever this is, like get them to trust you and show them like, Hey, you're yep. hiring me for this reason. I'm the expert in this area. Trust what I'm going to tell you. And if they can't trust you, and they want to override every single thing that you're going to say and do, they're not a good client for you and just move on. Totally. It's not going to make or break you. Yeah. We got caught up in that as well. That's a big thing, dude. That is a huge uh, win right there that you just mentioned. It's not, it's not a big deal to just discard a client that is causing you. Yeah. Like we've had many times where it's like, oh, we want a sample. Like I've literally even done the impossible. The impossible. Meaning <laughs> I've had somebody... And I really dislike that this is the way this went and it didn't turn out the way it was a gamble. And we had produced clothes, a one-off screen printing, which we have talked about is impossible. Like nobody does that. But we developed such a relationship with this person that they trusted us that we were gonna get this account if they did this. So they did four prints on a massively busy scale of a business for us to give to this client and nothing came about of it. So, and the and amount the of effort that we put into like yeah, that client, that if, same if, client, if we would have just yeah. been like, this is not worth it, we could have got five other clients that were smaller and probably equaled the same amount of outcome that that one would have. And we actually Absolutely. probably would have landed the clients, you know? And I think that was kind of an ego thing for us too. It was yeah. like this, another shiny object where it was like, if we can land this client mm -hmm. and get them to do all their clothes through us, like how cool would that be, you know? Well, well, yeah, I mean, it's, you want, you want the one thing that you think is going to make yeah. you take the next step and make you uh, like reputable to everybody else, right? Oh, if I can say totally. that this company, these companies are using us, now mm -hmm. I can get five more companies like that. When in reality, exactly. if that company, that client, whatever it is, is just like, it's not worth it. And yeah, you can be like, oh man, this could be a hundred thousand dollar, you know, thing. This could make me be able to do this full time, whatever it is, whatever the situation is, right? That's just an even round number that I thought of. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
if it's not going to pan out or it's you're going to put so much effort into it and then it's not going to fail, you're so much better off to have to wait six months, a year, two years to make that $100,000 mark and yep. go work on five clients, 10 clients that are going to be with you for the next 50 years. And, right. and you're going to be way better off. So what do you think? Uh, because obviously we are through this together looking back on this and we're not going to mention this client because there's there's no reason no. for it um like what do you think would be a key indicator because there's two different things that we're talking about here you know yeah. you want to have drive and perseverance and persistence but at the same time you have to know when it's like when it's time to man gtfo th yeah like this is this is just not this is not good for me this is not yeah. good for my business like I'm going to potentially do something. And the reason why I'm saying this is because this client, we did land a deal with them. We did some products for them, made us, I don't know what, eight to 10 grand or something like that yeah, on one not, order. And we we're all hyped to matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be real. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, so we were all hyped and then they wanted super rushed jackets. Oh, super rushed. Like, uh, I think it was like 150 jackets or something like that in like eight days, completely custom from, from, uh, where was it come uh, Pakistan. Yeah. And usually the custom stuff takes typically how it works is you have to get a sample made, which takes about mm -hmm. a month. Then you have to go into the process of the other stuff, which is another month. And then you have shipping, which can any usually be anywhere from 10 days to up to four weeks, depending on where it's coming from. And how much yeah. you want to pay or, for or it. Or it could be literally as fast as two days, depending on what you pay for it. And and yeah, if you want to pay $10,000 for shipping, have fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's nuts. So, so, yeah, so, so yeah, that's what they wanted. Yeah. And like, so this particular jacket manufacturer, they were much faster than <sighs> other very standardized uh, people that we were going to you know you that we have used in the past and it took a, a much less turnaround time so i gave them the stuff and i just had an awful feeling about it straight up like from the beginning but you know my hunger to hopefully come through for this client once again they're dangling this little thing that you know oh if we could pull this off you know how good would we look and so we and pulled... and there was hidden promises as well of we want to start this one thing yeah. which can lead right. to an entire Mm -hmm. the bit the bit honestly if it went the way that, that it could have gone into with these couple clients that that things have fallen through you wouldn't have needed any other clients because they would have been such big clients you could have focused on that one client or those two clients and yep. you would have a successful business off it that's how big right. of manufacturing clients we're talking about here so you can't fault us and I don't fault myself or you or anybody that we wanted it that bad and we were willing mm -hmm. to do what we were trying to do to get there. We just saw signs and we've seen repetitive patterns in a lot of different manufacturers and companies yeah. that we've worked with that show you like this person is probably not the client for you. Well, and it's, Meaning, it's, it's unfortunate too because we knew a lot of people inside a couple of these companies. So we had mm -hmm. a hidden trust, right? Yep. We had this trust relationship with these potential clients because we knew them from past businesses, past experiences, past mm -hmm. relationships. So we're like, yep. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we have this new thing and we want to help you guys. You want to help us, blah, blah, blah. So like, we think we have this really good, you know, relationship and friendship with these companies. So we're trusting them, you know, and so on not to, you know, just screw us over um, or yep. treat us poorly is, is a better right. way to look at it.
And even further from that is make unreasonable, impossible demands yes. for stuff. Yes. But we, at the end of the day, are at fault for that because we could have easily put our foot down and been like, no. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. However, you know, so we did this big uh, garment order for them, hat order, and came back that they wanted a different color. Like they literally approved a color, came back well, and like. Well, so what, what What were you talking about? Like when they got all of them in hand. So when they got all yeah. of them in hand, the sizes were different colors. So, so what happened was, is the manufacturing company made them per size. And when you dye the fabric, you can't, you can't dye everything, right? If you go, mm -hmm. here's the best thing, because this, this happened to me recently. When you paint a wall in your house and you go to the yeah. store and you get a colored paint, right? Whatever it is, it's this tan color paint, it's desert sand. Okay, you paint your room and you're like, oh man, I need another gallon. Well, when you go and get another right. gallon and you get desert <laughs> sand again, that color is not going to be the same straight up. It is a different person mixing it. It is a different machine. It can have one drop too much of black, and now it's going to be half a shade darker. So, like, when yep. you go to touch it up, you're going to have little spots all over your wall. Like, it's a great point. You cannot, you physically will never get the exact same color. So, like, that's why you order a five-gallon bucket, and, like, when you order a bunch, and you have to know, like, you have to paint this room with this gallon. A new, different gallon can never go in this room. So, Or you know what they do when they're actually touching up things? They say if you're gonna paint a touch-up wall, you have to paint from edge to edge. Right, right, because it's gonna be a different shade. It'll be close yep. enough to other walls that you won't be able to tell, but like yep. it's going to be a different shade of some sort. Yep. And uh, so what they did is they did a run of like they did all their smalls, right? And then when the material ran out, then they did all their mediums. And when the material ran out, they did all their larges. Well, what they're doing is they have these giant rolls of material and they're only dyeing them and making them one at a time as the, as they're going through the sizes, right? So it's like they make enough material. When that runs out, they make another roll. So every time they make another roll of this material, it is a different shade. And that's because you're literally dyeing fabric and it's going to dye differently every time. Mm -hmm. So they're now called it, dye lots. It, it wouldn't have been as bad if they did it and they said, okay, we're going to do 10 smalls, 10 mediums, 10 larges, 10 extra larges on the same dye lot, right? Then cool, you're going to have like these sizes that match. Typically, it's not going to matter if they're a little bit off because you're giving a jacket to like one person, you're giving a sock to like one person and they see the color cool. Well, in this specific situation, they were going to teams of people. So you have five, 10, 20 people that need, that are wearing the same jacket in the same environment in the same photos. And you can see the shade difference when you put them all together. Mm. So that was no bueno. Yep. No, I was talking about the dark red compared to the regular red hat though. Oh, and then, okay. But yeah, so, so different so this situation. Is the same, so, so, same, so there's two so, things. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> when you start, when we start talking about the stories, you start seeing the, the common thread in this. So this other situation I was talking about is they approved a deep, like blood red hat get it in and we, hands. and we had samples made and everything too like they saw yeah, all these we had everything they had the samples yeah. miscommunication from different management levels to the owner they got all their blood red hats that they ordered and we get a call from the owner like what is this we're like what do you, what do you mean what is this and they're like yeah so virtually they say you know dude's not happy 
<laughs> and we're like, okay, well, your guys approved it. And then the second tier management kind of tried to make it seem like they didn't approve that color. And it just came this whole debacle. But I mean, that we one ended pa- up working out. We had a paper out. trail though. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this, this particular person, there's things in life that you want to work for. Mm-hmm. And there's things in life that are never ending infinity hamster wheels and you're never going to be able to catch that carrot so what what do you think a like an indicator would have been for us like early on um you know something that was a red flag that you think would have deterred should have deterred us to maybe say hey we should reinvest our energy in a different manner the biggest well, I mean, thing like, is the date was there man, even something right the i mean it's yeah. the first the, the only thing i can think of right away off the cusp is when they say we need this by X date and we both look at each other in the room with them. <laughs> we should have been like, sorry, can't do it and walked away. Like, let us know yeah. when you have another thing. We should have just literally done done it right there, said, hey, we can work on your next thing for you. Yada, 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 yada. And then that, laid out some uh, some ground rules. Of yeah. Like, if you, but we did do that, though. If you want this, yeah. you need to do it. Like when we were there doing that, we were talking to them about it blows my mind. We talk about this all the time. You have a huge company and they're literally rushing for clothing. It's like, what? You guys know that you have an event next September and it's October of the previous year right now. Why are we not designing this right now? And even in this situation though, too, to make matters even worse, it's at the busiest time of the year. It's holiday season. Yeah, of course. That's when everybody, oh, whoops. Uh, Yeah, can we get some yeah, hats? Yeah, we need, we need like, this stuff for, in like three for, weeks. For Christmas sales, for Christmas Black presents, Friday. for all these things. Yeah, for Black Friday, that's what it was. It was all this yep. is going on sale Black Friday. And it was like three weeks before Black Friday. And we're like, are you, this is impossible. Like, this is physically impossible. Don't worry, we'll make it happen because we can make yeah, anything that, that happen. That was our fault. <laughs> so we did, so we did two things. We put, we put, uh, their expectations out of reality. Yeah. We should have just told them to go and like, just do some hats from a local vendor and just pay for that. Um, we really wanted it. And so by us over committing our manufacturers, what happened in both scenarios is, uh, rush errors. Yeah. And what we mean by that is, you know, I don't think you guys realize when you're making custom hats, like literally people are sewing the panels together because mm-hmm. there's not really machines that sew panels together like that yeah um, so there are sew errors on some of them yeah so they were rushing to get this many completed in this amount of time which if you rush and you have to get this done and you know how much work it's going to be and you know how many people you have to be able to make it like there's a good chance you're speeding right and it was and like so it was like a couple errors. thousand hats wasn't it yeah was i think it was yeah yeah it was i think it was three thousand and it was a couple different designs wasn't it yeah so it was i think it was a thousand of each design and there was three designs yeah and then i remember i remember the emails to the factory afterwards being like hey we got these hats look they're messed up and they're like oh yeah because we had to do it so fast and like they literally told us that yeah (laughs) you guys wanted it in an unreasonable time so then we had to you know cope with them on getting them remade and and it's just it's just spirals out of control on problem after problem after problem after problem because we wanted this one particular job so bad and i think that the honestly like the biggest lesson there is if you want something so bad you want to work with a client you want this goal whatever it is and you honestly can be shooting yourself in the foot because 100%. you are more likely to lose the client 
than than get them. Because one mistake like this loses you one client. Well, guess what? Every company that that client has a relationship with, mm-hmm. you now lost them as well as a potential. Because now if you ever approach anyone that's heard that story in the future, they now are going to be like, oh no, you did this, you messed this up, you did that, blah, 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 blah. And, and like, we know that. We were very aware of that at that time. So like we had to do everything in our power to fix stuff, to make it right. Redo all the jackets, redo all the hats. Now we start taking all the money out of our pocket. Now we start, you know, breaking even slash losing money for yeah. the runs of things. So True. so now we dig ourselves in this hole of fix this, the bad situation when it really wasn't our fault. Okay. So that's another thing. Like none of this was our fault, right? Our fault mm-hmm. was committing to a deadline that we yep. probably never should have. Yep. Then the factories messed stuff up realistically in both situations on both products. The client is demanding something unreasonable, has no like sympathy, empathy, nothing, right? They're like, we're paying for this. We want it to be perfect. Even though we told them like, this is like the most outrageous demand ever. It's almost impossible. There's, there's no care. So, you know, there's not, there's no understanding. That's the word I'm looking for. So now we have to work with them on redoing the jackets, redoing the hats, doing all the stuff. And in the meantime, like they're not returning any of that, right? Like they're, they're selling the products. They're giving the products away. So now they're doubling yep. down on what their orders are and stuff like that. And they're just getting rid of some of the bad stuff, keeping the good ones, using the miscolored jackets in certain ways. So there's this whole thing of like, now they're getting more products. We're super ad- ad- agitated and aggravated because we feel like we're getting taken advantage of now at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we repair the, situ- we repair the situation, we repair the relationship. We end up in good standing with each other, right? So any relationship that's going to happen with anybody they know, it should be good because we showed, look, we fixed all this stuff for you in this way. There's no ill will, blah, 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 blah. It ends up on a good note. But the amount of time, the amount of effort of those three, four months of our life focused around this single client, everything else that we lost because of that, is it worth it? We didn't make, we didn't make a penny. We didn't make a penny. And then that client, it, as the future goes on, doesn't Ghost. doesn't work with us for anything that they had promised. But wait, Except it gets better. It gets better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. ready? Is it one year later or two years later? I think it's a year later. So it's like a year later. Christmas. The exact same thing happens. They go, "Hey, ring, ring, Billy, Billy. We can't get anybody to make this stuff fast enough for us. They're telling us it's going to be like three, four months." Uh, you guys can do it in like two weeks, right? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it gets even better than that. E- yeah, even better I, it than does, that. It does. The, the, they, they then email me like a day before Christmas and we're like, where are our hats? And I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, Nobody ever emailed you a month ago about you producing hats for us? And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, no. Uh, I have never received an email. They're like, oh. That's literally, that was the conversation. That was the last we heard of them. And I was just like, oh my God. You you guys blow my mind. Completely blow my mind. Yeah, it's it's just like, and with, what, what that kind of comes down to is when you're dealing with a client that is an unorganized client that is 
moving into a new end of their business that they're not familiar with, you have to, you have yeah. to tread with caution. You have to be very, very careful. You're, you're walking on thin ice. They're going to expect things. Um, yeah. Cause they just don't understand. They don't understand like this. It's almost like the Walmart mentality. It's like you get so big and then you demand unreasonable things. Right. And it's like, if you don't fulfill it, then you lose it. And like, you know, that's cool to build a huge business like that. But like at the same time, it's like, I don't know, man, you start having this type of energy where it's like, yeah. you know, do I actually want to work with this person? Like you got, I've seen the stories about Walmart where it's like, dude, they have crazy demands, crazy timelines, crazy cheap prices that they demand to get their stuff. And granted, they've built this huge monopoly of a business, but at the same time, it's like, was it done with integrity? Like, do companies like to produce for you? Like, yeah. is it enjoyable? You know, like we're here. I mean, you know, business is truly a spiritual practice for me and Brad when we do things because it's like, I want to have fun when I'm doing this. Like me doing this stuff is fun. If you give me two months, I'm going to produce the most amazing hat you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, or jacket, which make... you did for Activision for Call of Duty, right? Like yeah. they, they wanted the same type of jacket the exact same product essentially, but you had what, like four to six months to do it? Yeah. Like it was a long timeline, right? And what yeah. do you know? It went flawlessly and it went perfect <laughs> and the company loved it, right? Yeah. And then in that process, like, bam. literally I learned from the manufacturing errors from the past. So there, you know, I always try to at least, and that's a principle that me and Brett always talk to you guys about. When you fail, there's something in there to learn always. I literally told that manufacturer, mm -hmm. I was like, dude, take as much time as you need like i don't need this by any specific date we're way ahead of schedule please take the time and make sure that these are perfect that was literally my exact language to this person and sure enough it came out perfect because i was like i don't need rush errors i don't want you guys trying to sew this and like you know having the circle thing start going around and missing a little pie slice of yep. the circle on the o's of the of the activision sign or whatever it is so learned a lesson but I would say that like, for me, um, it was the unreasonable demands, but it was also just like the kind of like lack of communication. And I, I feel like there was just, there's just a feeling of, I feel like I'm wasting my time here because like Brad talked about, this client is X big and they're operating in this new venture, like they're a, a, a hundred dollar company. Right. Right. And so then it's like, you guys don't even understand how to manufacture so I think that for me going forward, it would, and I think that a lot of companies that win going forward, when like, if you go to a big company and you're like, Hey, I want this in X amount of time, they're going to be like, no, this is how it's done. Right. Right. And they, they're not, they don't even care if they lose you because it's just how it is. Yep. And so if exactly. we just had them and they were like, Hey, we need this jacket for this event. And we're like, no. And, and we should have just stu with us. stuck to our guns and, and known that nobody else was going to be able to do it. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get this done. We know you're not going to get this done. We wanted to try to make it get done so that the future could be different. But then they stayed on that same principle of like, hey, Last rush stuff. again. We're like, no. The second time, we're like, dude, we're not doing this again. Yeah. Like, we happening. lost money on that. It's not worth it. It's not worth our time. It's not worth our effort. So we're going to just let it pass. And then we've had other clients, like as soon as anybody starts saying, hey, I want samples, a mock-up, if you send a, a, a sample, for them to get their sample, 
I would say, and we've talked about this, like money up front, man. Like you, you have to, you, you have to have the order placed, and you have to have a fifty percent deposit, yeah, or you ain't getting a exactly, cent. or at least like a thousand dollar like you need good a merit. Yeah, because we've I've done it for many different companies where yeah. it's like, yeah, I'll produce you a sample hat, no problem. And that's and more than like, producing the sample hat, right? It's 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 yeah. it was us doing all the logistic work, all the design work. Like when you go right. and you work, get anything from any company out there if even if you go to like customink.com you order a t-shirt well if you have them design it for you you're paying like 300 dollars for a designer to go and make the shirt for you so like we're doing all these designs pro bono like we never charge design fees we never charge for any yeah. of that like and that's what we liked to do so we were doing the part of our business that we really loved to do for mm -hmm. free when we should have been charging 500 dollars per design and then if they didn't want to get it done cool doesn't matter we got paid for doing the design work right like right. it is what it is. hundred percent. They should have, we send samples up front. They're like, yeah, we like your product. We want some designs at that point. It's like, you like our product. We yep. know what we're good for. Are you willing to commit your money? Because literally, and I see this everywhere. If you're not willing to pay for something, it's not worth it for you. Yeah. So if Which we would have a... had that premium. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. I was just going to say, if we would have had that premium on it, it's like, are you actually serious enough about this that you're going to move right. forward with it? And that would have been literally like our offensive line blocking our quarterbacks. Yeah. And that goes to an even bigger company that did it even worse to us in that fashion of, hey, make me 30 designs in an entire clothing line and we're not paying yeah. you anything up front. And we're going to go and verify all the factories, all the facilities, all the stuff. Oof. And then three months, six months after doing all this due diligence with you and you making an entire clothing line for you, we're going to ghost you. Ghost. And we're not going to talk to you. Out of nowhere. So it's like, yeah. instead of that, it should have been like, okay, here is a proposal. We are going to do 20 pieces of clothing. Here's how it's going to break down. Here, we're going to do designs. Here's the design fee. Here's the management fee. Here's the consulting fee. Here's the manufacturing fee. Here's the cost of all the stuff. And now you have all this money and you go, we need 30%. We need 40% up front yeah. to even start this process. And if they don't want to commit to that, like there's so much wiggle room, right? Like that, that can be adjusted, but if they don't want to commit to that, then dollars, they're not, like they're not, they're not going to do, they're not going to do business. And that's no different. Think about it like this. That's no different than if you go and book a hotel, book an Airbnb, right? They need a certain amount of money up front. If you go and you pre-order something, they want to pay you a certain amount up front. You go and book anything for a, an event, a vendor, yep. you order catering. 99% of these places are asking for you for 50% up front. A car, you need a down payment. A house, you need a down payment. If you ain't going to put 10 grand down on your house, you ain't serious about paying for your house payment then. <laughs> right like that that's just that's just like how it goes so like anything that you're doing and you're working with clients or working with business if you don't have any sort of money from a client it's probably not worth it especially as the clients get bigger they should be yeah. able to give you this type of money easier 100%. if you're 100%. working with joe down the road 100 percent understand if they can't afford to give you money but right, that's Joe down the road. That's not a multi-million, billion-dollar company that you're trying to work with. 
Yep. And they don't want to give you five hundred dollars. Yeah. If they're just dabbling, that's a huge red flag. <laughs> exactly, dude. You couldn't have said it better. Don't 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 let a big company leverage their name, which is what happened to us, to yep. get a means to an end with having a small budget. It's like, dude, dude, it's bullying. It's straight up bullying in a It is way. bullying. And it happens all the time. It, it, dude, it's a business bully. Yeah. It's a good term right there. Um, that these companies can go out there. And I know big companies do it too, to just see who can bide for, oh, I can produce this for this much money or mm-hmm. this for this much money. Or I'll beat that person's money. I like, I'll cut my margins. I'll be making 1% if you commit to making a million pieces for me, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's business, business bullying. I mean, it, unfortunately, it's kind of basics of economics. If you really break it down, like, I don't know, man, a free market economy is kind of like business bullying everybody to start making stuff cheaper. To make it cheaper, you need to either cut co- quality, cut cost, increase the, the amount that you're producing. So, dude, you couldn't have said it any better. And honestly, guys, like any type of business you're doing upfront like that, lose the client over losing your your headache and and your your sanity yeah. over chasing like in, like you're on a hamster wheel well like, and a lot of times watching too, you run a hamster wheel that type of stuff could actually lose you your business in a lot of ways because dude not dude. even from like mistakes but from like money because if you get so starstruck and tunnel visioned on a certain goal right we're talking about goals here still and why that shouldn't be your main premise i know we kind of went off in a tangent but this all ties back Right, your goal is to get this client. Your goal is to get this big starstruck company, or whatever it is. Right, to to get a million views on your video, you can carry this across anything you're doing. And you go, oh, in order to get this client, I'm gonna have to spend five thousand dollars of my own money to get them. Right, yep. I need to impress them. I need to make a cool package. I need to give them this. I need to make samples. I need to take all this money out of my pocket because it's going to get me this client. I'll tell you right now, it is not going to get you that client most of the time. And then you, at the end of the day, are going to go, I'm out $5,000 and mm-hmm. I have nothing to show for it. You should never spend your own money. You should be getting money from the client and you should not be starstruck or goal-oriented. Do what you love and find the groove so like 100%. don't get caught up in that stuff focus on the you know the bigger picture for yourself that's going to actually take you to the next step without all of that bloated effort that is just going to lead you down a lot of bad paths exactly all right well i just want to touch two more things and then we'll wrap this up so um i mean you're going to have to spend a little money right like let's be honest but you don't want to spend but ridiculous. A hundred dollars is different than exactly. like, yeah, right. Like, I just want to make that clear for people that may have sh- under, sure. not heard that. If you need to go and make a, a a postcard in a nice little box, and you're putting right, yeah. you get a cool box, you put your stuff in it that you already own to show what you do and how that's you can present about. it. Exactly, that's different. Yep. That's all stuff you have on hand. That's exactly. an investment. That is not a new a new cost associated with getting a client. Exactly. Because yeah, sending so awesome to boxes to people is, they love that. <laughs> in, in the back of my mind, I know that that's what we did, but you talking about it, people didn't know what that's what we did. So yeah, what we yeah, would do, yeah, just yeah. a quick, quick little overview, is when we would produce clothes that we really liked, we would then order, let's say we were selling 100 or 200, we would order 220 or 230 of that, mm-hmm. knowing that we can use this really cool design as a sample for somebody. And if you can't see from the sample that we have of this, 
that it's going to be a good product. Like you can feel the material, look at the print, look at everything. You know, it's a good product. I know that I can produce that product easily for you. Like it's not even a thing. So that's, so that, you know, that cost is like, you know, uh, five, 10, $15. If you want to send them a shirt and a sweatshirt, a couple shirts, you know, we're looking at maybe max $50 all in. But, our but cost. yeah, but and and that's stuff right you have on hand. You have it as this client acquisition package. And if the client yep. can't trust you after seeing your physical products in hand, there's that's a red flag. Yeah, that just is, bottom that, line. That's that's go. a red flag. That that's a red too flag. fast turnaround, too many demands, all red flags across anything you do. Yep, totally. And then the last thing we're just going to touch on real quick, and we're going to wrap this up for everybody. So when you were talking about this is a while ago, you mentioned that you go all in. And I I think that we undervalue going all in in our society. We hear people that, and I I think that like it's a common thread, people that just like have their money coming from different streams and eggs and all this stuff. And I've listened to somebody and I suggest you guys check him out too. His name's Garrett Gunderson. He's kind of like a progressive finance, like instead of like progressive health, like stuff that I'm into, he's progressive with finance. He's not like old school, like just put your money in a 401k and let it sit there kind of thing. It's like, how do you capitalize on everything you can do in your life? And he always calls it diversification because the more that you diversify your energy and effort, the less control you really have over your life. And when you talked about going all in, I thought that was a perfect example. It's like, if you're trying to play the guitar, learn the drums, and then you're trying to stream on Twitch, and then you're trying to get a YouTube channel, and then you're working your regular job, and then you you know, you know have a lawn care service that you like too, so you're doing six different things. It's like, whoa, dude. My like, head wants you, to explode you're putting, you just say that. Yeah, 5% <laughs> of energy into each of those projects, and if yeah. you just literally said, no, I'm gonna take this one thing, try my hardest with it, it would like the amount of time it would take you to realize you hate all those other things and actually kind of like get good enough to know that you don't like them or or do like them like would be a ridiculously amount of different time yeah. as opposed to like you know you just trying to play that that uh balancing juggling game riding a tricycle backwards in a circus with a monkey throwing you balls <laughs> no, yeah, so i just it's... wanted to point that out that like brad said something that was like really really impactful and I think that it can extrap- extrapolate to a lot of places in life. And if done properly, like you can really figure out, like, do I actually like this? Is it something yeah. I'm willing to pursue? Like we talked about. And then uh, you if really, it's not, it's okay. You really need to make sure you have something or somebody being able to check and balance you, though. Like, I really think that that's a really, really strong thing. If you go 100% into something, like you'll, you'll spiral at a point. And Billy's been there for a lot of the business stuff that we've done for my other stuff I have you know, one or two people from like my Warhammer stuff that I do, mm-hmm. where if I want to do something crazy or whatever, like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll check me on it. Um, so you trying to run a musk by yourself is not always the best thing. Even if it's your yeah, parents, you, even if it's your exactly. brother or sister, whatever it is, be like, Hey, I got this idea. Like, is this crazy? And then, you know, they might be like, Oh, you're talking about spending a thousand dollars on getting a new camera well, like, do you really need that? And then you're yeah. going to start, then you're literally, that's all you need is that one question. And then you're going to go, man, do I really need it? Do I really need to spend a thousand dollars? Well, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Does it really Dude, get take me it there? For no, example, maybe you're right. Like, maybe I don't need to. For my YouTube channel, like I didn't spend money on a camera until like I had 50,000 subscribers. Yeah. I was filming on a phone on a tripod. Yeah. Like let your, let your, let I your... did it. I did it the other day, man. I was like, it was prime. It was Amazon Prime Day, and the camera I wanted was fifty percent off. 
I was like, oh, how do no I, way. how do I not buy this right now? I was like, <laughs> did you, you just, buy it? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, I have a perfectly working rig. This camera could be better because it can take a direct mic input. Mine doesn't. And it has an HDMI output. So I could use it for streaming when we uh-huh. upgrade to doing our streaming stuff. What camera was it? Uh, geez. I don't even remember. I have to look it up. I get so confused on all the model numbers. It's a Sony though. Um, mm. I like, I like Sony like mirrorless cameras for like the small compact stuff, yeah. but it, it allowed me to change the lens out. Um, so mm. like right now my lens, you know, comes out of my camera. So it allows me to have lens changing. Cause we want to do some more like cinematography, cinematography yep. st- style videos and higher quality videos. So I need something that yep. I could change lenses on. I need totally. all these like better camera stuffs, but I also wanted it a form factor so I could use it for vlogging and use it for these other events I go to. So I was like, oh man, it's really cheap. So that, but then what I did is I talked to, you know, the people that, you know, do the content with me. And I said, Hey guys, is it worth the investment to do this, to get these things? And they don't really understand fully what it's going to bring to the table or everything. So I like talk them through and they're like, yeah, it makes sense and everything, but like, we're not there yet. Like it's going to take us yeah. another six months or a year to get to where we really need that camera. So let's worry about it in that time frame. And there might be a better camera on the market. Then. Exactly. So like, instead of just jumping the gun right now and saying, oh, I want this because it's a shiny new thing and I can have fun with it. It's a camera. It's yep. my world. I want it. And Brad loves gadgets, man. <laughs> so I, that's like, why you said you didn't buy it. I was uh, like, wow. So it's like, it's like, oh man, you know, it went from like 1300 bucks to like 600 bucks. And I was like, oh man. I got to buy this. But then the second I buy that, I got to buy like 10 other things for it. Right. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, it's not just $600. It's like $2,500. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, and so then it's like, it's like, okay, I talked to, you know, these people that film with me all every day on this stuff. And they're like, we don't, we don't think we need it. And I was like, okay, I won't delete out of my cart. I was real close. Yes. Guys. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really good point, man, because, and I always say this, everybody asks me about YouTube, like, what do I do? What do I need? I'm like, dude, just like, you, you have a phone. They're like, well, I don't have a camera. I'm like, do you have a phone? I'm like, just use your phone, dude. Like, dude, phones are so good these days. You don't dude, need Dude, phones cameras. are so good. Like, it, you don't need it, like the, the Canon Rebels that we had that we paid hundreds of dollars for back, I don't know, what, seven, eight, nine years ago or yeah. whatever it is now. Dude, there the wasn't phones, phones are back then. massively better. Yeah, the phones weren't as good back then. Were, were we still using like better. flip phones? I feel like I had a flip phone back then. No, like yeah, dude, <laughs> that's honestly, how long ago I feel like it is. Yeah, it was definitely not a flip phone, but it was like it in was the not beginning it was, stages it was like, of like iPhone. It maybe like the first gen iPhone. Yeah, it was like the ones that were like the size of like an iPod, like super tiny, like square yeah. brick iPhones that are like exactly. two inches by three inch, like these little baby things, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they, but like the cameras were like you know what, one point four megapixel cameras, and they yeah really didn't have video. Like it was mainly for photo. So it's like there's not a lot you can do, but like this was before the whole vlog mirrorless yeah. revolution. But like so now, like, yeah, the new cameras, dude, like they shoot in 4K, they do ultra slow mo, like they got all these settings in them. Like just pick up an iPhone, man, it's so much better. You have one, <laughs> you probably have one. If you don't have an iPhone, get an iPhone because Androids are not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a paid sponsorship. No, that's just no. a my, utilization my mom factor. Still, my mom and dad still use Androids. <laughs> and uh, I try to get them to switch to Apple every time I see them. <laughs> they're, they're in town right now. She tells me know, yesterday, next right time, now. she goes, next time you see me, I might have an iPhone when I get a new phone. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because she's realized now, like, my sister just had a baby and she can't FaceTime her easily and stuff. I'm like, mom. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, 
iPhones, easier to text, <laughs> easier to FaceTime. You don't got to use this, <laughs> these other apps and stuff. Like, I remember when I had to do out, this exact same conversation to you, dude. Yeah. I when you're like, that. I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm like, dude, just get an iPhone. You're like, I can't use Apple products. Because <laughs> they're like, stupid. Dude, they're, they, they are. Because they reverse engineered them. Like, they're like so simple, they seem complicated. Yeah. It's like a, you got to like wrap your head around, but once you wrap your head around it, you, you can never go back. Yeah, that's for sure. So. <laughs> I don't even know what we were talking about that led to that. Oh, the camp buying the cameras. That's right. Yes, like yeah. phones are perfect. It's just like simplify what you're doing. You don't need to always do what you think needs to be done. Don't jump the gun. Talk to people. Find consultants. Ask friends. Ask family. It doesn't matter who it is. Just ask one person. Explain. It can honestly be a random person on the street. And you can say, hey, can I borrow five minutes of your time? Literally just explain what you're doing right? Put your vision out there and say, here's what I'm currently doing. Show an example. And then they go, oh, wow, that's really cool. And then you go, well, I want to get a camera to make it better. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess. But like people don't <laughs> care about that. People care about the content. They care about the stuff inside of the content. They, most of the time they don't care about the quality. And it's like the quality is just like this backbone thing that yourself cares about. And that just goes for everything you know, that we keep saying, it's just like, you're going to want all these things, but you really don't need them. And it's no different than like, if you have a house or you have a car, do you really need new rims on your car? Do you really need an upgraded sound system? You know, you're in a house. Do you really need an 85 inch curved TV on your wall for the one time your one friend comes over to watch the game with you? No, you <laughs> don't. You literally don't. <laughs> like it is not going to it... make everybody come to your house it's not gonna make everybody yeah. come to your car it doesn't it doesn't work like that it, it really comes down to not getting caught up in the mindset of here it goes i need like this thing is gonna make me successful yeah like you yeah. can you here's here's what i'm gonna tell you we'll leave you guys with this you can completely maximize out like use whatever you're using right now to the nth of that ability. And then once you hit the top and your business mm -hmm. is demanding monetarily that you invest in something new, because dude, the amount of, of effort and know-how and different things you can do with what you have in your resources right now, and this is gonna like literally change your whole life because it's, it's literally a, a, a common thread in life. Maximize out completely on what you have. And then when like, you know, for your family, like save the money save the money, save the money. And then it's like, oh, we have three kids now. We only have one bedroom. I saved all this money. I can get this and I still have money saved, right? I can get this new camera and my YouTube channel still have me save money. Mm -hmm. Like until it's like painful where it's like, dude, you got to do it. Like yeah. you just sacrificed and trained yourself that like I've relinquished the shiny object syndrome and I have created a patience yeah. and I've learned to fully maximize what I have available for me for resources. And another thing, if you are making a business, cause this is probably the one thing that a lot of people will gear towards is everybody wants a location and they want an office. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's typically your like first shiny object that you want, right? It's like, I'm making a business. I have to have a store in downtown Storefront. Yep. or I have to have a location like this, whatever it is, right? You want to be this person that gets to tell everybody I have an office in this place. I'm going to tell you right now, the overhead costs and everything like that is going to dig you into the ground. 
Look at all the successful businesses and where they start out of their garages, right? Yeah, they stay online. Apple for... was out of a garage. Yep. Like FUBU, out of a garage. Like all these people out of a garage, they do it out of their garage until they are forced to go Force. bigger. Like literally forced. Like I cannot do this in my garage anymore. I cannot do this by myself anymore. Um, yep. You have to be forced to take the next step and to do the next thing. Do not think you have to do all this stuff so that you feel and look yeah. like a bigger than you are. It, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You don't need to. Have you don't a need mask that on. five thousand get five thousand dollar guitar. No. That's that like you know Jimi Hendrix played with. Because Jimi Hendrix, like that's that's yeah. a silly. Oh, like, guys, think about it's my it, it's first silly. lesson. Look at this dope five thousand guitar I got. I can bam, bam, bam. It's gonna sound exactly and then, the and same it, as a fifty dollar guitar is. because the it's only your thing, first the lesson. only yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and the, the the next level of that is you can't even utilize that five thousand dollars of value because you're not even good enough to right. do it. Right. That that's so type you go of ahead and buy doesn't... a new camera and you don't even know how to use a freaking camera you're using you're using the record button you're not using the other 50 different settings that it has right yeah. so and that's a good point is like as you're expanding into these different things like if you go get a storefront what are you going to do with the space how much is it going to cost to do that are you going to even have clients that come in or are you just going to sit in an empty store you buy a camera do you know what the other 50 features are that you're paying for right you go and buy a car and all you do is drive to and from work and you never do anything else are you going to be using the heated seats? No, you live in Florida. Okay, well, why do you have heated <laughs> seats? <laughs> like, you know, it's like it's like that type of stuff. It's like, oh, I got everything decked out. I got a sunroof. <laughs> I got heated seats. I got the 7.0 surround sound. And I just listened to some classical music. And I like to burn my butt in Florida. And I never open the sunroof because the sun is too hot. Like... Did you need to spend an extra eight thousand dollars on all that stuff? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like when when you start looking at stuff like that, it just starts extrapolating itself of how ridiculous yeah. buying more stuff or upgrading into these these different areas is because most of the time you're not going to utilize it. So until you are forced to take that next step and utilize stuff, you you don't need to do it. Dude, and, imagine uh, if imagine starting off with editing or uh, doing your TV production stuff virtually, and they gave you what you have now, like when you first started. I mean, you wouldn't be able to comprehend it. Yeah, you you'd would, just be like, I, you'd, your brain would melt. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, dude, it's no different than like, if I walk into like, where, you know, where they produce like the NFL, like in a stadium, I can't comprehend that, right? <laughs> so, so it's like, if I took that, and, and like, that's a good thing, is like a video switcher that you use to switch cameras, right? There's like these $300 ones, there's these $1,000 ones, there's these $20,000 ones, and there's these $300,000 ones. Oh, uh, dude, I'm this big TV producer. I'm going to do a Twitch stream. I'm going to buy a $20,000 thing and put it on my desk. Um, okay, you have one camera to hook up. I don't care. I could say I have this $20,000 thing on my desk, and I got all these flashy buttons, that I can press all these flashy buttons, and when I show it on my camera and my background to make my background look all cool, now you can see all the flashy buttons, so the $20,000 makes me have more viewers. You have one viewer. Yeah, but now that's going to give me two viewers. So it's going to take $20,000 to get two viewers? No. Like, so you just got to, like, 
but like that's people's mentalities like yeah right it's trained from marketing marketing trains us that we need this thing to be successful or to feel good or to get to the next level or whatever it is and honestly dude it's a trap yep. it's a complete trap yep it is so but yeah. it's marketing that's their their job is to get you to spend to more money you. that is literally their division of that company how do we get people to upgrade from the mm -hmm. bmw 525 to the bmw 550 with all the bells and whistles on it that costs thirty thousand dollars more it's worse gas mileage and it's faster but you can't drive it too fast because all the the lights are speed trapped and like yeah so i'm just gonna cut somebody off and burn around the corner let's be real though like apple is the worst slash best at it Right, every oh, year when amazing, they come out dude. with a new phone and dude, a new watch, it. everybody who has those products wants a new one, right? Yeah. And what are they true. doing? The price goes from $200 to $500, $500 to $700, $700 to $1,500. And now you're like, dang, man, it's $1,200 phone, $1,500 phone. Do I want to buy it? Oh, dude, look how much better the camera is on it. Oh, I literally, man, I literally had this cool conversation with myself it. like yesterday. <laughs> like you have to fight yourself not to get it. You have to. You like, but once you step step back, like I, I I did it with phones. I was I was in that trap, and then they started like Brad said, increasing the the money, yep. and I was like, wait, this phone's like the same thing. It's like, the same. What do thing, I need man. this like one more megapixel in a camera for? You what don't. do I like? You know, granted, if you're in like an iPhone seven, and they just came out with the twelve. You know, that's, it's that's probably difference. time that you yeah. upgrade or or you can just go and buy a used iPhone 11 right. and pay in cash, then get on this whole payment plan and and de decrease your money. Yeah. Yeah. But so like they're the best at it. Right? Every year you see this new shiny thing and you go, do I really need it? Do I not need it? Everyone wants it. You're always going to have that but thought of like, it. oh, my God, I want it. I want it. But then it's like, dude, I got this perfectly fine phone in front of me. Like, let yeah. me wait a year. Let me wait two years. Wait till the phone just explodes itself. It's not like it's that hard when your phone dies to walk down the street or drive down <laughs> the street and get a new phone in the next 10 minutes. Yes, it might not be convenient, but it is very accessible. Very like, accessible. You're going to not the have privilege a phone for a couple that we hours, have, you'll be fine. If you think about it, how much privilege we have in our society in today's day and age is, is ridiculous. You have the most, like, a powerful computer, like, literally in your hand. Like, it, it's insane. Yeah absolutely yeah. insane it's it's nuts so yes you got to find what you love we could talk about this even more and there's a lot that i think we could still go into on it but um yeah checks and balances going 100 versus splitting all of your routes but making sure that you don't go overboard and just being very careful as your hobbies turn into businesses and your business ventures don't get out of hand and you don't make poor decisions um, learn exactly. from our mistakes. Don't follow the shiny object syndrome. It's as simple yep. as that. Yep. If it makes sense, it's needed, demanded, do it. Focus your time. Be successful. Yep. Sweet. That right. does it. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you guys for being here. As always, we are going to see you out on that next episode. Congratulations, Brad, for the marriage in the new house. Ooh. Brad did not follow the shiny object syndrome. He was getting himself out of a shiny object syndrome into a more feasible house, right? I was. Feasibly that's a, functioning house. That's a house. pretty good point. Yeah, we'll have to talk about houses and moving and buying stuff because that's a, with cars, with houses, everything like that. Maybe we'd do that in the coming episode as well. It's a lot to Absolutely. learn there. Absolutely. I'll tell you. Lots.
I'm, I'm, I'm open for your insight because I've done less of the house buying. So All right, guys. I went through a roller coaster, so I can definitely talk about that. <laughs> Let's do it, man. All right, guys. All right, guys see you we'll, next time. We'll see you out on that episode. Peace.